So today I thought we'd talk about, what am I talking about? The life-giving word. Amen. So yes, we're going to talk about the life-giving word. Yay. Amen. Uh, It's good to always honor God's word because when you honor the word, you honor him. When you honor him, he responds by honoring you. Man, he'll honor all of our desires and requests. All of the things that we need from God are freely given to us because he loves us. Amen. I mean, he just loves us. And so, you know, and his love doesn't spoil, but his love takes care of us. He's a father, so he teaches us as a father does. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit will spank you like a mother does, <laughs> but also will vindicate you like a mother does and pursue those uh, 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 forces that are arrayed against us. So we have good parenting by the Trinity. Amen. We have excellent parenting by God, and it's a good thing because when we know we belong to him, we belong to the greatest, as Muhammad Ali would say with his lying tongue. Amen. (laughs) But God is the greatest. Amen. So we honor God. So so we're just going to go before the throne. Father, thank you for your word, for this opportunity to hear and, and share your word. Bless the people to hear and to do, just that we would commit in our hearts to do the things that you have for us to do, Lord. So we thank you, and we bless you, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen again. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Miss Pat, Miss Pat, uh, <laughs> Pat Frazier, Pat Frazier. Yeah, uh, you know the Lord. I was I was watching you as you came in today, and the Lord was saying something to me. He says, He says that you've made a transition from one role to another he said all the roles that you fulfill i give them to you he said these are my roles he said and i call people to fulfill all of what i'm called them to do and the lord says that you you have transitioned over into the the uh the office of the handmaiden is what the lord is saying And he wants you to know that that is a very high calling. He said many times people are servants and and, and I honor their service. Uh, And the Lord says that, that you've operated with him in the knowledge that you've had. He said, but he said, you've obeyed me and I've crossed you over into a different level of service. And that is the handmaiden of the Lord. He says that this office is best defined by my servant Mary, the the earthly mother of my son, uh, as she abandoned everything that she knew and put herself before me humbly to do whatever I put 
upon her to do. And the Lord's saying that, that I will teach you further and train you further and guide you further as I've guided you thus far. And you will continue to intercede for people that I put on your heart. But the Lord is saying, I'm going to reward you greater in the realm of intercession. Uh, He says, I will also grant you long life, good health, all of the things that are necessary to fulfill your joy, uh, says the Spirit of God. And he says, understand that you have done well, daughter. You have done well where I've called you to be. But this day I do elevate you and I do bless you to go on and do greater and greater things for my glory, says the Spirit of the Lord. And he says, it's because you want this. He says, I've read your heart and I know you want this and it's yours. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk about the life-giving word today. Amen? Amen. So hopefully Miss Pat's word gave her life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Always gives us new life, the things that God has for us. So it is a blessing. Amen. To know the Lord in such a real and a great way. So praise God. Uh, Psalms 119.50, if you want to turn there, we'll start there. And... Uh, <clears throat> Psalms 119.50. It's one of my favorite psalms because it details so many truths about God's word. Amen. It seems to go on. They even divided it into alphabets, you know. <laughs> so, amen. But it's it's good to understand there's a place where you can come in the word and you can find everything you want to know about the word. It says here, and this is the King James, this is my comfort in my affliction (laughs) anybody ever been afflicted amen we can be physically afflicted mentally afflicted pocketbook afflicted amen says this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has quickened me or your word has given me life one translation says your promise has given me life amen and so just to know that God has a remedy for you, either in the immediate or somewhere down the road, gives us life. And that really is the purpose of God's word. It is life-giving and life-affirming. When we say it affirms life, we just means that it really embellishes the life that's already within us. Amen. It begins to strengthen that life. Uh, sometimes we have like a, a little bit of understanding <clears throat> about the things of God and, and then we have questions and then we wonder and then we want to give up and then we want to quit and then we go back and get another shot of the word. Amen. <laughs> and it gives us more strength and more life. And so that word is is a go-to remedy for everything that that would assail us, come against us, uh, not be conducive to our well-being and our health and all of that stuff. Uh, that word is is just life affirming to us in a, a brand new way. And so it's a good thing to to want to understand God and want Him to continue to bless us according to His word. Amen. According to the word that He has for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Just trying to see what God wants to say to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I think what the Lord is saying is, and this is for everybody here, is that, that there are some things that he says that, that some of you are still out in the woods about, in the weeds about some things. Um, but God is saying he's bringing those who are obedient into a clearing. Uh, bringing you into a place where everything will be revealed and made clear to you, everything that you can receive, I put it that way. Uh, so that there is a, a coming out of the weeds for obedient people, says the Spirit of God. And he says, in case you didn't know, let me inform you, you're obedient to me. Amen. He said, don't ever doubt. He said, when you're sitting before me in the congregation, don't ever doubt that you're being obedient, says the Spirit of God. And understand that. And see, He said, see, that's part of the confusion that's been put on people in the earth right now. Is that people are so, there's so much darkness, so much entanglement, so many snares. He said that many people who, who are doing their best don't think that's good enough. And he says, I want you to begin to understand that your best is good enough. He says, I'm not putting before you any hurdle that you have to, to uh, uh, overcome on your own. I'm your helper in all things, says the Lord. When you are weak, then you are strong because you rely on me. And he wants everybody in here to know that because of your obedience, because of your stick-to-it attitude, there will come a clearing for you. He said, and my expectation is that you will lead many people out of the weeds who are still in the weeds because you know the way out. And he says, I'm making the way out for you that you would come into that clearing where everything is fresh and new, where there is life, there is health, there is understanding. And he's saying, I will put a new boldness on each and every one of you. A new boldness on your words. A new boldness on your actions. A new boldness on your activities. A new confidence in me, says the Lord, that comes only to those who are obedient in hard times. And he says, you've overcome and obeyed me through hard times. And he says, this is a word for the body of Christ worldwide. That those who have come through the lies, come through the deception, come through the land of the weeds, will glory with me in what I am doing in the earth in the end time, says the Spirit of God. It says, for I have prepared an anointing for people who are obedient and who are strengthened through adversity, not weakened. Said for the disobedience, adversity weakens them. But for the obedient, you are strengthened. He said that is a law of my kingdom. That anybody who comes through adversity is strengthened because of it. He said, and I will grant you 
the things that you desire. I will grant you in greater measure things that you are seeing in seed form and in in small sprouts. Miss Nola, you're going to see all your kids return to serving God full time. Amen. Because there are sprouts of it now. And you're going to see the full. You're going to see it too, Chuck. You're going to see yours come in. Amen. You're going to see your children come in. This is for everybody, for the body of Christ worldwide, for everybody who is being obedient to the Lord. Amen. Mr. Howard, keep writing your ticket with God. Keep telling him what you want because it's there for you. It's laid up. It hasn't gone anywhere. None of the things that you put that you put before God, the requests that you put before God have not gone anywhere. They're laid up for you. They're stored up for you. God's waiting for you to make a withdrawal on it. Amen? He's waiting for you to make a withdrawal. But you know what? It takes strength to withdraw. So he's brought us through the weeds. Brought you through the wilderness. And you are well able to carry through and receive everything that he has for you. Nothing's been gone anywhere. Nothing's dissipated. I'm going to touch your baby, okay? Is that good? Touch your brother, too. See, nothing's dissipated from all of the things that you put before God. Even the things you thought were, and get on in here, y'all. Keep going, running to the door, running back, running to the room. I said it's for everybody. Get in here. Just sit on the edge. We don't need nobody to catch nobody. Amen. But everything, everything. Nikki, God has so much for you, it's it's unimaginable. It'll blow your mind. You too, Rebecca. Amen. Y'all receive that. Because he wants to mess your heads up. Amen. With the goodness of God. With the great things, the last shall be first. He wants you to move on that, okay, honey? Don't just think about it all the time, but move on it. So you'll be the first to receive what God has here, amen? Praise God. You and Funny Bunny, the two last will be first. But you all will receive, amen, the proportion of your faith. Because God wants us to receive from him. Amen. He does not want us to be without. Who's steer? Where them camps at? Tell them to get in here. <laughs> Praise God. They hiding from. Huh? <laughs> the devil, you are a liar. I told you to stay right there when I passed you by. Look at him. See? Trying to keep us in the weeds. You are a liar. We coming out, we coming out. See how tangled it is? That's the way we've been in the world. Amen, honey? So God is removing all that entanglement just like that. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Come in and join us. Take a seat anywhere. Look at them sitting on the edges. Come in here, Cece. Don't be going out there getting no chair. I sit in here. In the name of Jesus. Just sit anywhere. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So God wants us all to enter in. Amen. All to enter in. Because he has great things for us. Nobody but us. This is for his children. You got me? And when you receive what he has for you, you're able to bless others with it. But he wants us to step out and receive it. He wants us to step out and govern it. He wants us to step out and embrace it. Because it is for us and the rest of the earth. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Back as you were. <laughs> now y'all all right. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. And stay holy back there, y'all. Let it soak in. Praise God. Amen. So we're talking about his word. Amen. Is this this is the comfort in my affliction. Your word has quickened me. Your word has given me life. Your word has sustained my life. Your word has taken my life from temporal to eternal. Your word has given me eternal life. Amen. And it has prolonged my life, my mortal life down here on the earth. See, the Bible says he will satisfy us with long life. If you think about the end of your life and you're not satisfied that it would end at a certain time, then he will give you longer life. He wants us to be satisfied all the days of our life. He wants us to live a life worth living. Amen. One that is filled with his goodness. One that is filled with fulfillment of his promises to us. One that allows us to anticipate greater and greater things. So it's a good thing to have the life of God in us, moving us, helping us, helping us navigate through difficult terrain, through difficult times. Some people say hard times never last. I don't know about that because <laughs> there are some people that they seem to last for a long time. Amen. But that's not true for the people in God's kingdom. And so we want to live that life that God has ordained for us. And that life really comes through his word. Amen. The life that he wants us to live comes through the word. <clears throat> There are no results to God's word if it is not believed. And so we have to sometimes fight our own thinking, traditions, unbelief, uh, fears in order to believe God's word. But once it's believed and it's acted upon, it will come to pass. Ideas that are not acted upon will die unfulfilled. Amen. So, and beliefs that are not acted upon will die unfulfilled. So there are some beliefs that we have that we want to want to see them die unfulfilled. We don't put action to them. Uh, if you value life, you don't put action to things that would harm life. Amen. You you put action to things that are life affirming. The way your faith is put into motion is through your confession 
and through all corresponding actions. So there are actions that cor- correspond to what you believe, and you must have what we refer to as boldness or confidence to step out and do those life-affirming actions so that you can see the fulfillment of God's word in your life. The Bible says Abraham believed God, and he went and did what God told him to do. But there was a little something in between him believing and doing and that is God's righteousness was imputed to him you got me so there are some things that we can go and do in unrighteousness that won't come to pass but if you believe God and you it's imputed to you as righteousness you will definitely see righteous results Amen. Those things, those are the things that come to pass, the things that are forged in eternity, the things that are bought by the righteousness, the shed blood of Jesus, which is, of course, is our righteousness as well. And so God will impute those things to us. Our faith is imputed as righteousness. So then when you put on God's righteousness, there's no force that can stop what you're doing from bearing good fruit in your life there's nothing that can hinder it because of faith righteousness amen righteousness much more than faith see we've exalted faith to a a very high place but when you start reading in between the lines you see faith is kind of weak by itself it needs action to get it going it needs virtue and strength to keep it going you can step out in faith and get two steps and then the devil comes to try and hinder you and if you don't have virtue you don't have that determination on the inside of you to keep going see that 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 quality is much more than faith this is faith in god you took on you took on his faith when you when you believe his word then you take on the faith of the son of god so it's not just your 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 temporal faith anymore your measure of faith it's now invested in god's word and so it comes back to you as righteousness and that righteousness in you is what gives you the grace to to speak to mountains move through right mountains all it's not just faith anymore you understand it's been imputed to you as righteousness now so when you uh, when you have righteousness in you nothing stops you Jacob built the nation of Israel on righteousness he didn't build it on faith he didn't build it on birthright because he stole all that stuff so even a thief can get converted and become righteous and do great things you know people criticize president trump because he's been a natural man i don't know too many men that don't cheat on their wives don't make mistakes some of them are preachers after they preach if they want to criticize somebody who has lived a life as a sinner but now wants to start to build good things for this nation whether you agree with him or not 
I would say better jobs, better everything is building good things. You understand what there's evidence there now that we see that if God's not using him, the devil's doing a pretty poor job. Well, you don't have to say amen. It's true anyway. You look at record instead of looking at your feelings and your traditions, and you'll begin to see things a little more clearly. Plus, God gave a prophet a word about him. So I'd rather believe the prophets and prosper any day. You got me? But see, we can no more condemn him than we could condemn Jacob, who is the father of all of us. You understand what I'm saying? But he built the tribes on his righteousness. After he'd been a thief, he'd been a liar and a deceiver. God said, your reputation in the world is so bad, i got to change your name. Oh! Did he change yours? Uh-huh, he changed mine too. See, people, we all go down the same road, don't we? And it's really how we end up is what makes all the difference in the world. Amen. And so if you wind up in that land where you start living for God, working for God, doing righteous things and doing right things, that's all that matters to God. Amen. He wants us all to be summed up in righteousness so that there's no judgment against us. There's no law against us. There's no evil report against us that will stand. Amen. And so we want to live in that place where righteousness prevails. And the way that we do that is being faithful to God. Just stay close to him. Obey him and do what he calls us to do in the earth. And we will remain righteous people. Amen. We will. And so Jacob began to get an understanding of who God was. And he began, instead of doing manipulating people and doing things the old way, he began to say, let my righteousness speak for me. Huh? And we all do that. We should be declaring to let our righteousness speak for us. So you don't have to make excuses for yourself. You don't have to explain yourself a million times to people. Sometimes it's best to shut up and let God show up. And if he don't show up and validate you, then then you repent and let him correct your behavior. But if he does, you just keep doing what you're doing. Amen? In the name of the Lord. And so when we understand that it's righteousness that makes all the difference in the world, we'll be willing more to yield ourselves to us. Be willing more to do what he wants us to do. To be faithful. And what he calls us to. Then then things, the other fruit of the spirit begin to grow out of righteousness. You begin to say, well, you know what, God, this is this life is pretty good right here at the level I'm doing it. Let me find out more about what to add to my faith. Amen. What to add to my situation, how I can enhance this life that you are living, that, that I'm living through you or you're living through me. So Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness, and that righteousness propelled him to go and do what God told him to do, to obey God in all things. You notice Abraham didn't mull it over, didn't seek a confirmation, 
Amen. He didn't get four and five opinions. So we need to obey, immediately believe, and then step out in obedience to God's word. The thing that you can do immediately that's your best thing to do is to believe what he's telling you. And if you don't believe it, you have a problem with it, you ask God for help to believe. Because sometimes we want to assume that we can believe, amen, when we can't. Ooh, a thousand cuts today. Huh? (laughs) Well, what did the little guy with the he wanted his boy healed? And the devil would grab that boy and throw him in the fire. He's probably all burned up by the time the... Y'all know what I'm talking about. People have scars when the devil abuses them. And so... He'd been going through this all of his life and finally is on his way to see Jesus, but he gets flagged down by the disciples, you know, who ain't in no shape to help nobody. Not in the condition they were in. But this man realizes he doesn't quite believe that this can be done for his son. So he finally, when Jesus shows up, then everybody comes clean. You know what I'm saying? Disciples that we didn't, we wasn't trying to do no meeting, Jesus. We just was hanging around. He he made us do it. Uh Forced us to try and pray for this boy. Well, well, after the the anointing that Jesus carries comes in, everybody gets repentant, comes clean, and they start confessing. And the father confesses, he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. And that's us sometimes. We believe some, we believe to a degree, but we need to have our unbelief helped. And there are so many believers that go around assuming they believe perfectly. Just because they agree in their minds with what God wants to do. Well, who couldn't do that? The person playing the lotto every week thinks God is with them. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? So just because we we you know believe some that doesn't believe mean that our faith is sufficient. But where it's insufficient, God will help that. See, it's not like you're on your own with this. Like you either believe if you don't believe right, just forget it. God's not like that. When the Bible says you have an advocate, that means somebody that will help you, not just as a lawyer would, you know, go to bat for you when you're done wrong. But when you're doing your best to do right and don't measure up, he helps you. See, you need somebody to go for bat, go to bat for you then. So he will help our unbelief. He will sanction what we what we have, but he will also add to it. And that's part of faith. That's part of Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness on more than one occasion. And it's not, he wasn't under any Old Testament law, so you can't blame it on that. But it was counted to him as righteousness every time he believed God. 
So there are seasons where he would go off and not believe God, do things on his own like we do. And then he'd come right back around again to God, I remember what you told me. And just forgive me for stepping off and doing what I thought was the right thing to do. Amen. It was wrong anyhow. Even with my best intentions, it was wrong anyhow. How do you know it's wrong? Because results are wrong. That's how you know anything's wrong. (laughs) Amen. Just because the results are right or straightened up after a while, that don't mean you're right all the time either. Amen. So we want to be right with God. Amen. So we need to understand some properties of the word. If you turn to John chapter 1, you'll see that the word is light and it's life. So whenever you meditate on the word, whenever you receive the word, whenever you speak the word in faith, you are responding to a life and a light that's in you. John 1, 4, it says, well, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. So the same word that dwells in you that you speak in faith is the same word that made all things. Amen. So you're speaking like to like. You're not speaking something foreign. Amen. So when you speak God's word, you are speaking the same power that created the earth but you're speaking it back to the creator. You're not just speaking it out into never, never land. That word is directed to the the master and he ministers over it. That's why we don't create anything with our words. Amen. You are affirming what he's already said. See, you if you if we don't have permission already to affirm something that's there you know like people do those what they call daily affirmations you remember that nut that was on i'm good enough i'm smart enough well that wasn't an affirmation because that was a lie he was none of the above and didn't believe he, he was trying to create something with his words we would be doing the same thing if we weren't using God's word that we had stored in our hearts. See, you reflect on what he's, he's spoken to your heart. You meditate on it. And once you believe it, it'll burst out of you. See, it won't, you can't, it would, the Bible says God has spoken who can help but prophesy. So it's like fire shut up in your bones. The word is, that's not just for prophets, that's for everybody. If you got God's spirit in you. There's a fire that gets bottled up on the inside of you. You know, people say some things like, you know, I I have been putting off saying so and something to so and so, and I wanted to say something. Well, that was God. You just scared of Him. <laughs> scared of what's gonna happen if you say it. And then got the mighty nose. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. <laughs> 
<laughs> a little Baptist phrase. They all heard it. Amen. But uh, they caught you wrong, as my mother used to say. Girl, you going to catch me wrong, and I'm going to throw you off this off this porch. You know, it is like ten stories. You think, oh, Lord, let me shut up. I don't want to catch her wrong. But actually, they caught you right. <laughs> For once. <laughs> You've been holding back the word and holding back the word and holding back the word. They got the mighty nose. Uh, they catch you wrong. Then after you blurt it out, you're scared. Because uh-huh, they never heard it on that fashion before. Uh, but miraculously, everything starts to shape up after that. Huh? <laughs> And you still think he was wrong. Come on, children, grow up. I got over being wrong many years ago and worrying about being wrong. Huh? Because I walked into the blood. Amen? And I realized I could be forgiven and cleansed of anything except not accepting Jesus as my Savior. Amen. So he saves me over and over again. Amen. But he also will encourage you in the right things that you do. He's got to be our encourager of all good things. And so after a while you get confident that God really is using you. He really is the power that works in your life and you can share things with people and you can can uh, um, send a word to them and release a word to them that is life-giving that is life-affirming you know some of our relatives that we're afraid to talk to are waiting for the water of the word to cleanse them and wash them refresh them and give them life And see, we have it bottled up inside because we're scared they ain't going to like us no more. They don't like you now. They just, it's like a silent war going on here. Huh? Don't nobody move, won't nobody get hurt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Our friend Apostle Thomas, amen. So, I mean, it's just like that sometimes. We're kind of like in a Mexican standoff. Huh? Don't bring your stinking self up. We ain't taking our stinking self over there, you know. So, like, we're just all stinking somewhere. But God. So in him was life, verse 4, and that life was the light of men. So the light is what God puts in you. Life is what God puts in you. So Jesus came to affirm life. Everywhere he went. Amen. Light dispelled darkness. Life is, light is stronger than darkness. Because when light comes in, it's hard for darkness to take it over again. Amen. So it says here, the darkness comprehended it not, did not understand it, could not overtake it, and could not put it out. And so... When Jesus comes, he brings all of those things. He brings life because the kingdom of darkness 
is run by death. The devil wants to kill everybody. And the quicker the better. Amen. And so we have to understand that the light that he puts in us brings light and life to everything that we speak to, everything that we touch, everywhere that we go. We we bring this quality with us. We bring this life-affirming light into every situation. Darkness, because it can't comprehend it and can't cancel it out, can't over, but that won't stop darkness from trying. Amen? So darkness will follow you and try to put your light out. Amen? Because that's the purpose of darkness. It wants to overtake and rule and reign. And that's why we have problems out of things. You know, sometimes you ever want to speak to somebody, want to witness to them, and this fear starts to work. And sometimes it's greater than at other times, you know. Uh, it, it, it's I can tell you it bothers you less if you don't eat too much. Now, do I look like a good witness for that? I am. I am. You don't have to answer. I answer for you. I am. Miss Pat Savage said I am. So, <laughs> you supposed to? I am a good witness for that, right? Yes, you're not eating. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, so we all on the same page. But but it will help you to, um, you know, subject yourself to some some fleshly affliction so that your spirit can emerge and dominate that's that's really what fasting is for is not for we not impressing god honey you if you doing it to impress god he gonna show you up to be a liar real quick huh you know i put put a mcdonald's app when rachel was still with me i put mcdonald's app on my phone and it still bings when there's so as soon as I think I'm I'm home free, I say, Oh God, I turned my plate down today, I had to have much to down, and then that little thing go bing. Fifty cent McFlurry or free fries or you understand what I'm saying? So I'm shown up to be quite a liar if I think I'm doing it on my own, okay? <laughs> so I put God in charge of it so I don't have to get in trouble and I don't have to lie to him or try to take credit for it. But your boldness to go forth in the things of the spirit, if you you ever have difficulty just, you know, getting it together to go out and speak to people, witness to people or anything like that, uh, just turn your plate down some. You know what I'm saying? Um, some people don't have a problem with that but they need to do that too anyway because the word will be more accurate coming out of them so it helps either way you understand what i'm saying but many times the enemy will try and overpower you with fear because god has something for you to do you know i found out sometimes the most challenging times are are times when god has something unique and unusual for me to do i'm not saying a great big blessing is coming because the devil's attacking me this is totally different that's an assumption this is something that i can validate you know that god will he'll give me something to do like some intercession to do or sometimes i don't even know what it is 
I'm doing. But I'll notice. I said, God, you know what? I would have ate like half that refrigerator by now, and I ain't touched the thing. What's up? What's up? What's up? And thankfully, he never tells me very much. Because the minute you find out what's up, you can mess it up. Amen? And so, <laughs> I mean, if he wants to tell me, fine. But if not, you know, that's cool, too. But we need to learn, understand, and accept that we have a mission to bring life, to give life, to support life, to resurrect life, and to affirm life everywhere we go here on the earth. you got no time to sit around and condemn people or accuse people or agree with the accuser. You got me? And so you don't have time for that. Your, your faith is not for that. So always keep your faith over where God can use it. Don't disperse it over into darkness and places where it's not supposed to be. Activities you're not supposed to engage in. Just keep yourself centered in God. And you'll be able to carry through and perform everything that he's put before you to do without fail. And, and you'll be what, what he calls a faithful servant. John seventeen seventeen, thy word is truth. Amen. So God's word is truth. I don't care what the devil's saying. I don't care what his people say. I don't care what his people threaten to do. God's word is truth. The word of truth is what sanctifies us. As long as we abide in the word, we are set apart from the world. So if you want to have an easy road in life, keep that word on your lips. Keep that word on your tongue. Keep that word in your heart. Keep it abiding in your heart. Psalm 119.81, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. If it's settled in heaven, that settles it everywhere else. It's settled down here on earth. The problem is God can't get enough people affirming his word often enough to keep it settled. We jump up and we hear something we like and we go on, go run and do that. Agree with that. We have to discipline ourselves to the word. The word is from everlasting to everlasting. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word forever stands. So you must believe that the word is greater than anything, especially anything that opposes or challenges God's word. Proverbs 4.20 tells us to pay attention to the word. Amen. Don't take your eyes and your mind off of it. If you do depart from the word, bring yourself back to the word. Amen? You know, don't depart from the word and think, oh, I done messed up now and just keep moving. Go back to it. Amen? You're going to have to do that eventually anyway. Why not do it first? Amen? Do it before you get too far down the road of craziness. (laughs) 
crazy is the way of the world. Amen. If we don't know that by now, you turn on anybody's news any day of the day of week and you can see people out in the streets burning stuff up for no reason. Those people aren't upset about anything. They're just doing it. Amen. Because they can. Because they're getting paid. Amen. <laughs> Being bust in and all this. There's something going on, folks, that's not savory here. And so if you stay in the word, God will start to reveal to you exactly what's going on. Amen. You don't need to watch news to get news from God. He'll tell you exactly what's going on. So Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, attend to my words, not the world's words, not the devil's words. Huh? Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart. Amen. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? They feed you life and health to your flesh. He says, also keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So those two follow each other for a reason. He says, my words are life and health to your flesh. And then he says, keep your heart with all diligence for life issues out of that. So you can keep the word in your heart i mean you can keep it before your eyes and don't let it depart but if your heart's goofy then you're going to miss it being planted inside so these all go together just like mark 11:22 through 24 it's the same thing here it says whatever you desire believe you receive it when you pray and you'll have it and if you forgive, in other words, your heart must be pure in this thing that you're expecting me to do for you. So you just can't be mad at people. You can't be upset about things. You can't be ready to go off and, and hurt somebody. You can't be like that. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be vindictive. You can't be remembering things that you think have been done to you. Even though you caused most of them to happen. See, most of us aren't victims. We're instigators. And then we go run in the victim's house when we, you know, we got a lot of houses we live in. Uh, Hellraiser, instigator. Uh Mischief maker. Malfactor, ne'er do well, all of the above. Then we got a little victim hut we run into. Huh? <laughs> Instead of falling on your face before God. <laughs> you know, it's all right though. We get there eventually. Eventually the word does sink in, praise God. We start doing what we're supposed to do. Then when you get over there where you work in the Word, you say, you know, this really is better. <laughs> I really do like this life a whole lot better. Of course, it's not exciting as my shenanigans and uh, skullduggery and all that kind of stuff. But peace is good. Peace with God is excellent. Amen. So 
if you keep the word, <laughs> don't let it depart. It's going to try to depart. Grab it and bring it back. I mean, wrestle yourself to get it back in your heart. It'll guard your heart and your mind. It'll keep you. Amen. The word is life-giving and life-affirming. You know, you can prove this. I was speaking with somebody, and they were um, very ill. They had been given an evil report by the doctor. And um, when I would go and visit that person, the Lord would tell me, he said, I, I just want you to share the word with this individual. You know, not how you're doing, you know, and listen to who came and visit. And he said, I want you to just share the word. And so I did that. And I always, when I, I like healing from Isaiah 53, you know. I'm an Old Testament kind of girl. You know, <laughs> everything but the curse, you know what I'm saying? But I get a lot of depth of revelation from, from those places. And so I like that because that's where our healing was first revealed. Amen. And so when, when God talks about who has believed our report, and I watched as I began to share that scripture with this individual. Their countenance changed. Their face got light. Their mind seemed to elevate where they, their brow was kind of knit and brooding for a while. Now it's uplifted and encouraged. And the Lord told me, he said, if I could keep my people in that place they would receive their healing. You know, even though you've been given a death sentence and you you have a terminal disease, you're diagnosed with a terminal disease, he says, my word always works. It always, it's never too late for the word. In other words, it's always a good time for the word. Amen. We've seen cases, there was a woman that came to one of our early healing school miracle services. She came in a wheelchair By the time the service was over, she was pushing other people around in that wheelchair. Amen. She went home and died. Because she got in an atmosphere where she's the grandmother taking care of a lot of abandoned grandchildren. Trying to hold it together. Not a wrong thing to do. But at that point, she needed to stay. She needed to have an atmosphere created where she could be nurtured back to health. Amen? See, some of us make the wrong sacrifice at the wrong time or the right sacrifice at the wrong time. See, the time to sacrifice for your children is when they're growing up. Get out the streets. Quit trying to find your next man or next woman and go home and take care of your children. NFL. Hey! I got them too. If you want them to kneel or not kneel, all you got to do is get a sheriff to come with some warrants for back child support. And then brothers will do whatever you want them to do. That right, Chuck? Boom. See, these problems are hard to solve. You know, these Great minds and billionaires get together and they think they got an answer to a problem. I got the answer right in the warrant box. Or ask for DNA samples. Them brothers that get up and scatter and go wherever you want. Huh? It's the truth. 
You think there's not a power that can stop stuff? Am I right, Poppy? See, I told you. <laughs> Got a witness. Huh? But see, that's truth. That's the power of truth and light. And there's a place where you can't fight it anymore. You've got to conform to it. So the word of God preserves our life amen god will do what he says he's going to do he says i cannot deny myself i remember when i was speaking with this individual we were sharing the word and the the lord showed me he said that's what i mean when i say i cannot deny myself he says because this person wasn't grabbing for the word themselves See, faithless. See? Their faith had run out. But he says, where you're faithless, I am yet faithful. I can't deny myself. So he can't deny that he's light and he's life. Even if for a brief moment it goes out again. He can't deny himself. He's going to be light and life wherever his word is spoken, believed, and exalted. Amen? So that's encouragement for us. When we get slow on getting our Bible out or we get slow on confessing the word or we go through several days where we've just been out in the wilderness somewhere, in the weeds somewhere, we can come in and get that refreshing from God. I mean, I'd rather be refreshed. You know, if that's all the word can do for you for right now, I mean, like it ain't miracle day. Get refreshed. Huh? And get revived, get light and life in you. Amen? And then hold on to that and get the more so that God can pull you out of that that you're in. Turn to Numbers chapter 13. We'll talk about the, the life-preserving power of the word. Uh, the, the, uh, um, the, the preacher in Proverbs tells us, to attend to his word give full attention to his word and i'm telling you you can do it i don't care what circumstance you're in man it can be done so we're oh numbers numbers chapter 13 i thought i had a little thing in here i guess i didn't sorry about that taking a little long God is fulfilling his promise. Because we have dominion on the earth, there's a man portion and a God portion to every promise. Our, our, our portion is always faith. And we said faith is not just believing, but it's acting on what we believe. So there's a time, I think God gives us ample time to store the word up in our hearts so that it's enough strength that when the door opens for us to step in and exercise that that behavior you know that action corresponding action that we need to perform that god gives us time to get that
And see, we think it's slow. Too slow. But he's allowing us time. Shall I sing a few bars? Time is on my side. Yes, it is. Huh? You might as well say it because it's for you. Time was created for us. God has nothing to do with time, to be honest with you. He's looking for readiness. He's looking for obedience. And them things don't take a whole lot of time. But many times things seem to be delayed to us because we're over in a mental never-never land wondering when it's going to happen. Well, if you're over there, you're already done messed up. Huh? So then you run and get back home. I'm sorry, God, here I am over here saying bad things, but it's been three months. See, if it takes you three months to get back obedient again, it's no wonder years go by. You understand what I'm saying? sometimes God is dealing with other people in a situation you understand and and when you sign up for that just put time off the calendar you understand what I'm saying just let that be a non-issue day one (laughs) if you can do that you'll stay in, in a good place with God amen Amen. So here we are, Numbers 13 and verse 1 says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send you out some men. Now this ain't a suggestion. This isn't a maybe. This isn't something he told Moses to mull it over and see if it sounds good to you. It's a command. He said, Send men that they may search out the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, everyone a ruler among them. So he's not sending out anybody. He's choosing strong men, wise men, men who are well esteemed, highly esteemed. They have ruler ability. They're leaders in their tribes. So God sends out the stronger ones. Joshua and Caleb among them. Amen. Caleb really was a proselyte. His family were were won over to Israel. He was of, of a different tribe. He was what they call a Kenite. And they were, I think, inhabitants. They started northern Africa, I think it was. I'm not real sure. But, but, huh? Oh, like I said, Morocco. Well. But but they weren't born necessarily into the 12 tribes. That just shows you God selects according to his will. He married into the family. Thank God he did. Or they'd have been without inheritance. See what I'm saying? God knows how to get you connected with the right people for the right purpose. Amen? And so he... He picked a head from every tribe. And then Moses gives him instructions, starting in verse 17. Now, what God says is in verse 2, but it's also in, I said I was going to put that, ah, 
Exodus 3 verse 8. If you'll go there real quick, this is what God originally said because he repeated it over and over again. He never changes. He says here, and this was when they were still in Egypt, verse uh, 7, he said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people that are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a what kind of land? A good land and large a land flowing with milk and honey into the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, Amorite, Parasite, Hivite, Jebusite. And so God tells them what he's going to do. In other words, they live in restricted place now. They live where the Egyptians tell them they can live. And God's word comes as a breath of fresh air, just like it comes to all of us. It comes to us as a breath of fresh air, and we desire it, and we hide it in our hearts, and we want it. And he tells them up front, you've heard of somebody, some of the people that live here. So what he's doing then is telling them, as a reference point, he lists the people that live there. He's not trying to scare nobody with how powerful these people are. But he says, you heard of the Jebusites and Canaanites. Well, it's that land, that same land. That's what I'm giving you. But understand that I'm giving that to you. I'm giving it to you. As the God of the whole earth, amen, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to me. I'm richer than anybody you know. I own everything. I can do what I want to do with my property. And I'm taking it from them and I'm giving it to you. Oh, Pastor Barb, that sounds so mean. Really? The devil don't think it's mean to take from us. Come on, y'all. Where do you think stuff comes from? It's called currency. Because it circulates. (laughs) You want it to circulate your way. Because when you possess it, God's already decided before it hits your hand what you're supposed to do with it. God always told them what that land consisted of. He always told them there were people on it. But I'm giving it to you. Amen. See, there's there's somebody in the job that you want. But he's giving it to you. It's not your business what happens to them. You don't judge God. You don't judge how he does things. He does things according to the counsel of his own will. He don't have to ask us permission to do it. He don't ask us if it's right or wrong. Because today we think it's wrong. Tomorrow we think it's right. (laughs) Depending upon the condition of your pocketbook. Uh So back to Numbers 13. 
God says he's given them a land flowing with milk and honey. And he says in verse 2, 13-2, Send out men that they may search out the land of Canaan, that I have given to the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers, so you send them in, everyone a ruler among them. And so God, Moses began to, to pull these people out and appoint them to go and spy out the land. Drop down to verse 17 and see what, what Moses instructs them. Verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and this is what he said to them. Go up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell there, whether they are strong or weak, whether they are weak, many or few, and the land, is it good or bad? In what cities they are and dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds? Why did Moses add to what God said? My sister Edder said, God will give you a prophecy and the devil will come right in the same breath and put a date on it. Moses got a problem for somebody who a lot of people claim stuttered, which there's no Bible evidence he stuttered. He sure is spitting it out pretty clear right here, I would say. He just then went on with the story. Oh, whether they're big or something, many or few. What the land is, is it good or is it bad? God already told you what it was. So really, you're spying is to affirm what God tells you and not to look for something he didn't tell you. If you look for something he didn't tell you, I'm telling you, you're going to find it. So Moses is the first one that starts the evil report. Because he's given them a choice in what they think. Isn't that what every devil does to us? You know, people say things like, I said, well, you know, come up to the altar, be prayed for. You believe God can do this? Yeah, but the doctor said. I said, well, I'm not here to work for the doctors. I work for God. I can only give you what God has. You understand what I'm saying? Doctors get enough play. Because that's the first place the saints run to. Then come home and say they believe in God. (laughs) Why would you let the devil confirm it then if you believe in God? Just a thought. You mean I can't go to the die to tell you that? That shouldn't be your first thought though if you belong to God. Your first thought should be to seek God. And I mean really seek him. I don't mean just ask him if you don't get an answer in 10 minutes you run off and dial 911. You might have to wait until you can show up at church again. Oh, but see, if they catch it early, you done caught it early. Jesus caught it early for you. 
he's waiting for us to catch on to what he's already done. So God is looking for us to confirm his word. Not find ways to refute it, to modify it, to change it, to say it's not the way he says it is. So they go and spy out the land under Moses' direction. So two of these men hold on to what God said, and then ten of them feel like they're going up there to make a choice, like Moses gives him instruction to do. Now they're already going with seeds of doubt in them. Put in then by fearless leader Moses. Who they don't know he ain't going in no way. You understand what I'm saying? He he done been disqualified so many times. You know, I mean he's the first leader he does that's what happens the first church that gets started, go have a hard way, make a lot of mistakes. It's like us when we first get started. We make a lot of mistakes. But God has victory for us. Amen. In chapter 14, if you turn over there, verses 1 through 10, it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Why? Because they came back with a nasty little report, amen, about what they saw over there. They were sent to spy out the land, in verse 13, 25, It says, and they returned from searching out the land after 40 days. Now, 40 days, you ain't dead. You probably can go over there and live a little bit longer, I would say. Didn't say they were chased out by anybody. They returned. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation. And they brought back word to them and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came to the land where you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the evidence of what the land produces. But, however, nevertheless, the people are strong. Now, they ain't arm wrestled with nobody they don't know if them people's just big and fat and lazy or if they big and strong they just know they big and the more they talk about it the bigger they get huh big ain't already always dangerous david found that out he said the amalekites dwelling in the land the hittites and all them people and caleb says shut up Sometimes the most powerful words you can use to help your faith are those two words. Shut up. Fear, shut up. Mind, shut up. Doubt, shut up. All y'all, shut up. And Caleb said, let's go up right now. See, when the spirit of obedience is urging you, it's a right now urging. For instance, when you first believe the word, there's something in you that wants to express what you believe right now. I don't care if it's just your words. And that don't, 
I'm not playing down the strength of words. But words eventually have to be followed up with some kind of action that proves that you're all in on what you believe. That you're not just going to talk it to death. You know how some people do. Oh, God's called me to a great ministry. And I say, I know, I've heard this one before. Want some cheese with that wine? Huh? Yeah, you're going to be the next Catherine Kuhlman. You're going to be the next Benny Hinn. You're going to be the next And that's as far as it goes. Well, see, they don't really believe it. If you really believe it, you'd be over in your word somewhere. You'd be saying, God, who's going to teach me to do this? I don't know how to do nothing. So Caleb tells them, let's go now. Let's cut the chatter. Let's quit. Caleb wanted to take it when he was there. So he's put off doing it just to get back and be obedient so that the rest of them can go in and enter. If he had known what he found out 40 years later, he'd have went then. He said, let's go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome. But doubt rose up. And told, made him shut up. The men that went up with him said, we're not able to do that. They're stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report. Why is it called evil? Because it's contrary to God's word. I don't care if it sounds like a nice excuse. If it's contrary to God's word, it's evil. Huh? Well, you don't know, Pastor Bard, my family, all my family has this. You don't have it. I have it on good authority. You don't have it. Well, why am I this? Because you don't believe you don't have it. Oh, oh, that hurts so bad. I don't care. I do the same thing with myself. If I'm confronted with something and I have fear rise up in me or I get discouraged, it's taking too long, all the same things. How you think I know that happens to you? It happens to me. It happens to everybody. Got news for you. So that don't make you a backslider because the devil is messing with your head. As long as you don't believe him. Don't add your faith to it. Faith, you see in this situation, faith, faith passes judgment on unbelief. And the response of judgment is always anger. You go around telling people they go into hell and see if they won't get mad at you. That's pretty much what he's telling them. He said, y'all can go to hell if y'all don't start believing God around here. I mean, it sounds mean, but it's true. It's a truth we don't say often enough, I think, because it sounds so strange. We always want to give mercy that's not out there. If your mercy can get people into heaven, now you, we all need to revisit. Faith passes judgment. It provokes those who are judged to anger. That's what it showed right here, verses 4 through 10. Shannon, can you put that prophecy on its own? All right. Thank you. Okay, because I'm almost done. (laughs) 
can't believe that, right? No, no, I, I assume. Okay, so that's verses 14, chapter 14, 1 through 10. The congregation through, uh, wanted to stone them with stones. I'd say that's angry. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long are these people going to provoke me? So just when you think the enemy is winning because he rises up against you in anger, guess who shows up? Huh? Them little rebellious youngins of yours, you changed the diapers for years. Some of them overdue for getting out them diapers. You know what I mean? Them. And they going to get in your face. Huh? And your feelings got hurt. Your mama and your daddy heart got hurt. But guess who showed up on them? The glory. Glory. <laughs> Woo. And it doesn't say anything about the glory left either. So it hung around them. Making them feel bad. Now they can't be bending over backwards to try to please you. Huh? Oh, yeah. That's the glory, honey. That ain't, that's nothing more than God working. And working, and working, and working. You've been praying for God to work. Now he got a license to work. He said he'll fight with those who fight with us. I don't care if they are your babies. My baby, your baby going to get his butt with by God if he don't repent. Huh? Your baby need a good butt whipping by God. So the glory appears in your defense. You just keep standing for the word of God. You keep doing what God wants you to do. Don't compromise. I just don't let us see them suffer. They ain't suffering. Huh? They didn't mind seeing you suffer when they was in rebellion. See, when God takes over, that's when you get your hands off. Huh? So his glory pronounces judgment in verses 20. But your children, you keep praying for them. God gives them mercy. It's under the old covenant. And God said in verse 21, but as truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with this right here that I'm showing y'all. And I'm going to get a people that are going to work with me so that I can bring my glory into the earth like the waters cover the seas. And he says, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and the world, have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they will not see the land that I swore to their fathers. Well, he's not blinding them. They don't see it anyway. He tried to tell them it was there. They went up and saw it and didn't see it. So he ain't giving them a second chance. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he has what? Another spirit. He's not of that bunch. 
see his word and the spirit that empowers it preserves you i don't care what everybody else does you can't take everybody else on this ride you can minister to them you can show them the light but don't dare stand back there and wait for them to come up to where you are you just keep moving huh they catch up when they catch up he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully you see what i'm talking fully not no excuses not no mealy mouth not i'm scared i don't know fully he said i'm going to bring him into the land so god makes a difference between people just make sure you go in you can't bring everybody else all at the same this ain't no party it's the kingdom of god so he said he's going to bring joshua and caleb in and that's it it's in god's kingdom there's no room for unbelievers doubters malefactors ne'er-do-wells amen Fifteen thirty-eight. Turn there. Let's make sure we get everything. Shannon, do I have two minutes or one or what? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, "Speak to the children of Israel and tell them that to make of them fringes and borders on the ground." Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-uh. Were we still in numbers? Okay, hold on a second. Maybe it's 1438. We'll see. Mm-mm. 15. Let me see. 14. Okay, it says here in 1438. It says, <clears throat> oh, 36. And the men which Moses sent to search out the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him. Huh? You see why in a congregation of life, backbiters and murmurers are despised? If they're not, they should be. Once somebody tags themselves as someone who will speak against leadership, then you go leave them alone. I mean, if you want to live. If you just want to hang on, then, you know, listen to it. He says, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were the men who went to search out the land, lived still. So 40 years they walked around, and their carcasses fell in the wilderness, and their children saw it. They thought it was just, the children thought it was just normal mom and dad getting old, and so it's time for them to die. But they were under judgment for their unbelief. Amen? For their unbelief. Joshua and Caleb were preserved to see the promise. Joshua chapter 14. Now turn over there, and then we shall be done. Joshua chapter 14. The children later found out the parents didn't just die of old age. Amen. Starting in verse 6. Then the children of Judah 
came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenite, said unto him, You know the thing that the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you, in Kadesh Barnea, forty years old I was when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me over there to spy. I brought him word again of what it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the whole people melt, but I wholly follow the Lord my God. See, it may be a challenge, but not impossible. But if your heart is knit with God, it ain't that hard. You understand what I'm saying? You can look at people and see they're going nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? You better keep going. When you know they're going nowhere, you better keep going. He says, it, it, he says, but I wholly follow the Lord. And Moses swore on that day, saying, surely the land wherein your feet have trodden shall be yours and your children's forever, because you wholly follow the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Woo! <laughs> All you got to do is have breath in you. God will revive the rest of it. Oh, okay. Well, he says he says he's he'll renew your youth, but hey, man, if you you don't believe it, just keep living. And he said these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, now, look, I am this day 85 years old. Yet I am as strong this day as I was the day that Moses why would God make you a feeble old person? You hold on to his word all those years and he'll let you deteriorate and be feeble where you can't go in and fight for yourself. Caleb said, I'm just as strong as I was. I tested it out. He said, I, I arm wrestle with all these young boys up in here and I beat them all. Huh? Just as strong as I was back in the day. And said, now give me my mountain and watch me go take it. Amen. Just give me my mountain and watch me go take it. Amen. And that's what the word does for us, folks. If you don't think the word preserves you, you start feasting on it like you really know it's going to feed you. Feast on it like you know it's going to come to pass. Feast on it like it's food for you, like it's real to you. And just allow God to start preserving you with those things that he gives us through his word he'll do these things his word is not it won't come back void it'll do what god says it's going to do amen so why don't we stop father we thank you for your word we thank you for understanding thank you for knowledge and power lord thank you that your word is life and light it brings understanding even to people who have little learning little knowledge you don't have to be a, a mental giant to receive the word and to act on the word. You just got to have a heart that wants to obey God and you take care of the rest. So, Father, we thank you for bringing us into this land right here, right now, that flows with milk and honey. That there is nothing missing in your kingdom. There's nothing absent of what you promised us that we're going to have and that we're going to receive from you. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us in everything that we do in the name of Jesus. So why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. 
I thank you, Father, for the land that flows with milk and honey and for divine health purchased by your blood. And by heaven's decree, which is irreversible and eternal, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. Amen and amen. It is so decreed, so be it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen.